few years back, my folks got up on the wrong side of some serious people. We were on lockdown. I wasn't even allowed to go outside. Saturday mornings, man, always me and Pops. He was cooking me pancakes. I was watching cartoons. And in the back door, this gap was right next to me, but he couldn't reach it. So he yelled for me. He told me to cap him. I had no choice. Grabbed it, pulled the trigger. Too much kick. Lost control. I shot my pops in the back of the head. Welcome to a Deadly Class Act. I'm your host, Rain Coleman, and this is a Carefree Black Nerd review over Sci-Fi's newest series based off of Rick Remender's and Image Comics' uh, award-winning <laughs> graphic novel, or comic series turned graphic novels, Deadly Class. Now, while you're listening to this episode of a Deadly Class Act, and while you're watching Deadly Class live on Wednesdays or on the Sci-Fi app or on TV or on Bootleg or however else you consume your Deadly Class media, use that hashtag ADCAPod. Live tweet. Let me know your thoughts and feelings about the show. Live tweet with me at uh, Carefree Blurred is the handle on Twitter. Carefree Black Nerd on all other social media sites. Um, yeah, and, and check in with me. Let's make this a conversation. Uh, if you feel so motivated, <laughs> email me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Uh, also, as a quick aside, Sundays, Carefree Black Nerd proper. Mondays will be the Welcome to Riverdale. Tuesdays will be the official day for a Deadly Class Act. And Wednesdays are for Black Lightning Matters with my amazing co-host Cole Jackson of Government Name and BYNK Radio Family. Uh, yeah, so now with all that out the way, a Deadly Class Act. Yo. Uh, so this is Deadly Class Season 1, Episode 2, Noise, Noise, Noise. Now, this episode was damn good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I looked at some reviews and I see that a lot of people have issue with, oh, this was just another, you know, yeah, oh, this was just another trope from 80s movies and such and such. And to that I say, nothing under the sun is new. There is nothing that we're doing outside of advancing technology, which even that stems from something that's already established. Nothing is new. I enjoy Deadly Class. Overall, as a series, I've enjoyed the books. I've you know, had a good time reading them. I'm enjoying the show so far. Um, it's not without its flaws because I have issues that I'll discuss throughout the course of this episode. But I guess my thing is I, I haven't seen, and there may be some out there that I just haven't seen, but I haven't seen any critique about the show that hasn't been something I felt like was surface or generic. Uh, and that's not to say that these people who don't like the show that they're wrong or that this isn't a good 
that that critique isn't good enough because your feelings are your feelings again at the end of the day shots this is art and art is meant to be consumed and uh interpreted and critiqued and all that so i'm not trying to say that this show is without flaw but it just seems like some of the issues with it are not good um since this issue that i have which is where are all the black women um, I really do enjoy the book and I enjoy the show. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing, but where the fuck, heavy emphasis on fuck, bold, italicized, underlined, and all that, are the black women in this world? Now, I do understand that Rick Remender is a cis white man, and this is essentially him telling his story of him being young in the 80s and all that good shit. Fine. But when you're adapting the show for this book, excuse me, for television, they're changing things. You have creative liberties. You're moving some things around that are have not happened in the book. And you're doing a good job, like this episode in particular. So where is the space to put this? Like, I just, I don't understand it. And it's something that initially I didn't catch because I was so wrapped up in being excited for the show. But now that I take a look back, I know that there are some black women characters coming down the pipeline in the book series. Um, and because this show can deviate wherever it feels it needs to, I don't know that that's going to be anytime soon. So where the fuck are the black women in this show? There are black men, there are Latino men and women, there are white men and women. Where the fuck are Asian men and women? Where are the black women? Where are the black women in this show? Right. But, uh, what I digress. Um, so all in all, what happens is, uh, Marcus picks right back up where we left off last episode. He's in his like wonder years monologuing, going through the school. And I really like that about this show. It really gives that like dark dystopian otherworldly feel. Um, though it feels planted very firmly in the eighties from what I recall from when I was much younger. And I do enjoy that. It does feel genuine and it feels authentic. Now this is me speaking as a nineties kid. So if there's someone who was a class of 91 or a teenager back then and you you know see some flaws or you agree let me know use the hashtag adca pod and let me know um you know how true to the 80s is this and um i really enjoy the show i enjoy the like bel-air prep look of it all but i really like marcus he's a flawed character he is probably the most flawed or the most uh kind of accepting of his flaws than the other people on the show so we open up with Marcus going through the halls, talking his shit in his head, and you kind of get a feel for the school as a whole, what they got going on, and it feels very true to episode one. And we get Marcus dealing with PTSD from killing the guy. We get Willie bragging on being the one who actually murdered the dude. We get a kind of, um, I guess, assignment in class uh, for the main cast. They are having to kind of fight their way from the classroom to this safe space. And then we get this, um, what do you call it? A, uh, a house party. And that's one of the critiques I found is that people were upset. Like, oh, this is just another 80s movie trope and having a house party. What? A house party is just that, a house party. You get, there, house parties have been around for a very long time. <laughs> and they've been in so many different types of movies, be it dramas, comedies, horror films, period pieces, historical fiction like this like what are your issues with the house party <laughs> i think that's strange but 
I mean, whatever, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I really think they did a damn good job with this house party, kind of playing all these different pieces one by one. Uh, let me see what else we get him. We get Willie and Marcus having another kind of buddy moment, and I really enjoyed that. We get a little bit more backstory on Willie, and uh, some things from the comics are pulled in as well. Uh, like literally panels from the comics are pulled into the TV show. Um, Lex is an asshole. <laughs> um, what else? There is a funeral and Masterland makes a discovery. Now, what I like is the pace in which this show is moving. Uh, pretty much Willie is getting up and presenting his case. Like, I... I I smoked this motherfucker. I killed this this homeless man because he was, you know, a bad dude and whatever. So he talk about lifting a body up, throwing him in the trash can, setting him on fire, and all the shit he did. Now, what I like about Willie's character is that he has already let us know he's a pacifist. We know that this is a facade that he's putting up. This FWO, uh, I'm a badass. Now, I like this because it's what I think a lot of. Um, People in general, but specifically black people and more specifically black men do um, having to wear those two faces, having to kind of put on your white voice at times, having to navigate in this space um, and be very conscious of the way that you appear in order to keep yourself safe, be it when you're in a space full of non-blacks, having to be a little bit more on guard, or even taking some of the bass out your voice, or walking two or three paces in front of or behind someone just to make sure you don't alert them of any danger because of the way media has portrayed black men, but whatever. But I do what I like about Willie is that he's, he's presenting himself one way and this is literally for survival this isn't just some high school let me get through these next four years and get to college this is i need to survive here or else i could be murdered he let marcus know you have a rep like you have to protect it that is the only thing that's keeping you alive uh as a quick aside i want to know will there be a backstory episode where hotting's motherfuckers even got to this school because willie let it be known and we discover in this episode that his father was killed and he killed the guys who shot his father, which got him his rep, which was in the flashback. He looked about, I don't know, maybe six or seven, maybe even eight. Uh, but we find out that he accidentally killed his dad as well with this, like, I'm going to say machine gun. You guys, I'm not well versed in guns. So if you watching the show, you know what kind of gun this was. Correct me. Uh, but he killed his dad. And that was the the issue. But that's the thing that got him his rep. And, <clears throat> excuse me, Willie is kind of performing this role that needs to be fulfilled in order for him, one, to keep his, his life, for him to be uh, kind of sort of untouchable. And two, it offers him some sort of protection because now you have a clique, you have a following, you have people that are looking up to you for the, the badass things that you've done. And then, just for your sanity, like he's, he's oh man, I just... And I, there are things going on that I don't have the words to express, but I know that I love this character of Willie. 
Uh, I love what he is bringing to the show. I love his acting. I love his attitude. I love the way he looks. He's not a racially ambiguous black guy. He's not a um, caricature of a black person, like a black person in blackface. He's not this, um, he's a regular dude. He's a tall, kind of thick dude. He's not solid. He's not obese. He just looks like a regular ass guy. And I do like that. Um, I can't pinpoint his age. I'm sure I could easily look it up. I don't want to do that. I want to enjoy the show for what it is. But I say that because he doesn't, he doesn't look 30, but he doesn't look 12. He, you know, he looks like a teenager as they all do. Like, well, Maria, Maria looks a little older. I think it's the size of her head. But, (laughs) uh, that aside, this is, this, you know, this is a damn good Show, but I want to get some type of backstory about how everyone arrived here at this uh, school because Willie is a pacifist. I know his mom took him to the school, but it's like, how did she know about this? What is the who's the who's who, so to speak, who knows about King's Dominion, who knows about the training of these kids? And it isn't expressed in the books as at the time of this recording, it hasn't been for as far as I've read in the in the books. On the show, this episode, they did something very different that wasn't in the books is that they had the house party with Shyamalan or Shaban, Sabine, what's his name? Shaban, yeah. Uh, the little Marcus's new roommate and little chunky dude, I think he's a white guy. Um, they had a little house party in his house. That's not something that occurred in the comics. So I like that the show is deviating, but still making it fit within the narrative of the show and it feels believable like if you hadn't read the comic and you just watched the show this house party part to me seems like it fits within the show whereas in the comics if you're reading it you're probably gonna you know be like oh well you know what happened to this either way they both exist and they're they both are um convincing so i do like that uh maria like i said before in the books there's some things going on with her and her and chico and some issues that have come out in this episode pretty much chico is a controlling ass dude who is frightening and maria is terrified of him but there was a point in the episode where the main cast are sent out after no one really was able to complete the assignment of killing someone from last episode Master Lin tells Willie, you stay in here with me. Everybody gets out in the hallway and Master Lin like locks a gate. So they got to try to get out of there. Everybody who is has been at this school for some time and they are in control as far as um, being a part of some larger gang. They kind of freak out. They don't know what the fuck to do. Marcus, the street smart rat. The Aladdin of the bunch goes in and picks the lock. Then they get through and they have to fight these motherfuckers with nunchucks. Then they get through that and you have to get through uh, part of the hallway before the wall closes down on you. Then you get through that and you get poisoned and you have to find the antidote. And Marcus, even within all that, though he passes out, he's the one who notifies Chico and kind of everyone else of the uh, antidote. Marcus, Maria, Chico, Saya, Brandy... Victor, I believe that's it. And uh, I love, first of all, I don't like Brandy. She's, for obvious reasons. But the car- the actress, I think, is doing a good job portraying Brandy. Um, Brandy has a big-ass forehead. <laughs> I'll say that. She got a big-ass forehead. Um, and so Marcus lets everyone know what the antidote is to the poisonous gas that they've been breathing in. And Maria 
it's it's like a little plant, like a fish plant or some shit. Maria chews up the antidote and swallows it, you know, and she's finding it. She's like kind of spitting it in the mouths or putting it in the mouths of everyone else. And she gets to Chico and she hesitates. And I'm like, ah, God, I know it's too early in the season for anything to happen to anyone. But I was like, oh, just fucking let him die. Like, Maria, you would be free. But uh, she didn't. Uh, and I think that may be speaking to the larger, like, not Munchausen syndrome, but we'll discover more about Chico and Maria as the show goes on. And I'm, at this point, I don't really have any predictions because I've seen the, I've read the book. So I know what the book says and I don't want to keep sounding like those comic book guys. Well, in the comics, they done such and such. But for me, it's more or less reference. Like, this is what happened. And I'm excited how they're deviating and still making it feel like, this is uh, within, you know, the, the story. <laughs> so um, the survivors <laughs> of the test walk out into the lunchroom and see Shaban trying to be president, student, student body president. This felt a lot like the movie um, Election with Reese Witherspoon. Like his excited and it seems like he's the only person running for president so of course this motherfucker's gonna win uh or they might deviate and make that a, a plot point maybe someone else might run against him and that is an episode um but yeah so marcus is sitting with the freaks and geeks and they're discussing like all the shit that's going on and how you can't save everybody and the, that's the funny thing for me marcus for all the shit that he's doing is like a pure soul or whatever but you're at this assassin school and you're still worried about bullies and I, I i get it and i think if i was in this position i would probably feel the same way but you have to look at i don't i guess i'm just thinking more or less survival i'm not helping you at all unless it's going to serve the greater good for myself now him standing up against victor and them and whoever else who beating up shaban in the bathroom cool but at some point you can't keep trying to save these motherfuckers, if we were at a regular school, yeah, this is a school for assassins, like, oh, man, I don't know, I just, that, Marcus frustrated me to no end with that shit, so we get to the house party, and they're playing 80s music, we got some Run DMC going, you got everybody clicked up, and here is where I did see a black woman, or a black character, and she was hanging out with the FWO, with Willie and the gang, and I was excited to see her, but she had no speaking role. She was just part of the crew. I don't know if she'll be fleshed out more. I know that particular character is not in the comics. Well, you know, she's not in the comics. I have not seen her. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm interested in seeing what the fuck are you going to do about having no black women in this space? Uh, it makes absolute, it makes no sense to me. You have all these different cliques set up. <sighs> Where are the black women? Where the black women, they deserve better. Uh, so yeah, so we're at the party, and it's a lot going on, high energy. All in all, the things to take away from this party: Lex is an asshole, Brandy's bitch ass is mean as fuck, Shaban is a wealthy loser. Uh <laughs> so you want to snuff Reagan? Yeah, he killed my parents. Good reason as any. Seen half my friends and a few partners waste away from a plague Ronnie refused to even acknowledge. Cut funding for research. Wouldn't say the word AIDS publicly. 
Did you explain to your dying friends that it was a God's plan? I've been thinking. Lex said he's going to use his training to do good things. No, change the world. Changing the world is hippie bullshit. People like Reagan, they never see the guillotine anymore. So why you do nothing? Hating what's wrong is easy. Yeah, I'm gonna do something about it. You have the thing this place is supposed to nurture, and they all see it. And that's why we'll try and destroy you. I want to take a couple steps back. Now, everyone knows that Marcus wants to kill Reagan, and they kind of tease him for it. <laughs> but one, uh, when in Poison Lab, when that was discussed, the professor, Henry Rollins, he speaks to Marcus, and he's like, oh, you really want to kill Reagan? He's like, yeah, you know, he killed my parents and blah, blah, whatever, his policies. Let things like crazy people, things mentally... Um, challenge people get out of the facility and they kill my, my parents henry Rollins is like yeah you know i know what you mean um essentially talking about the um, aids epidemic and it made me question if henry Rollins' character is queer and not to attach aids and hiv to the lgbt community but i in the context of the show in the 80s and um and everyone is affected gay straight however you identify whoever you sleep with it's, it's it's large but just something in the way that he discussed it and something in the way that he spoke with marcus made me feel as if maybe the poison lab professor is queer is gay um because it was something in the way that he spoke about you know us my friends being silenced or their pain not even being discussed where i feel like it it just it for me it rang that this was a queer character and that it, he was speaking to something that may have gone over the heads of others but i'm i'm going to keep my eye on him and see what what's what because it hasn't been explicitly said but I, over the next two or three episodes i wonder if that's going to be a part of the show if at all um also, there was a Love and Rockets mention, which is a comic book. And so I'm thinking, like, is there going to be a comic book reference within this show every episode? Because that'd be a nice little through line or a nice little, um, like, how in Insecure they <laughs> they had that slavery show. <laughs> oh, my God. Check out um, Also Insecure, the Carefree Black Nerd review of HBO and Issa Rae and Larry Whitmore's uh <laughs> insecure use that hashtag os insecure but no it'd be nice to see if they're going to do a every episode try to work in a comic reference i would that that would be cool because it's not only just the main marvel dc they're working in comics that are of the time they are not necessarily deep cuts but things that the normal viewer probably wouldn't know anything about and uh and it's not made up comics it's not like oh you're reading action man number 54 no these are actual books that i'm sure rick remender read way back in the day or probably still reads so you know that's another something that i do enjoy about the show now again where are the black women i'm gonna say that over and over again uh brandy talks about she would never sleep with shabon unless he had twenty thousand dollars he comes up with twenty thousand lex is pestering every fucking body in this damn party to the point where I was annoyed. Like, man, sit the fuck down. <laughs> oh, shit. But, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was a very good episode. We get a flashback with Willie. Like I said before, he murdered his dad. 
pretty by accident but we got it in the same way that we got marcus's flashback as a kid with the west craig style animation i do like that about this show i like that we're getting comic book panels kind of come to life very similar to west craig style and we're getting the trauma of these main characters via these flashbacks that are the panel it's just man it's such a and it fits it doesn't pull you out of the episode it doesn't pull you out of the show it's um i just i think it just works i'd really like to hear from someone any listeners out there who have not read deadly class and who is just enjoying the show for what it is what are some things you like about deadly class what are some things you don't like does the comic book like panels take you out of it is the music any good like i'd really like to hear i'd like to hear from all of you especially you who have read but for the people who are not reading and flipping through the actual comic how does this show read to you um because i'm kind of tainted with my view because i do have this history of reading the book um so master lynn pretty much finds out after the little party that through uh from saya that yeah willie didn't kill that man that marcus did and uh kind of taking this couple steps back henry rollins character the poison lab professor said something and i don't know verbatim but he said something to marcus which was um essentially you have the thing that this school was built for and the other kids either are jealous or are afraid of that and i thought that was a really powerful line i don't recall that being said in the comic um but i thought that was really it drove home something that there is something special about marcus and it doesn't have to be this supernatural thing but it's just him and you know because you can feel energies or vibrations or however you want to classify it but you know when you like someone you know when someone has an it factor you know when someone is not good for you like there are things that you know and for him to say that out loud i think was very interesting because it's 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 not that marcus isn't affiliated and there are other kids at this school who are not affiliated but to say this thing to marcus as the newbie as the one who's able to kind of use his street smarts and think outside of the box to get you out of these situations i think that was very powerful that was very impactful and i love to see how this is shown throughout the series not necessarily just told i don't want to keep hearing Oh, you're special. Oh, you're doing good things. I want to see Marcus react and and act in these situations. Now, Marcus uh, is having like going having go, excuse me in shock, uh, PTSD up the ass. Like he keeps seeing the homeless guy who he murdered, and I like that kind of horror suspense psychological thriller shit of it all because this man is popping up everywhere and it's getting in in the way of marcus like he's in a bad way like this motherfucker before yeah you was homeless on the street eating trash and running from the law but he feel he feels even worse off in this episode than he was in the last one and a lot of this i feel like is very the show's doing a really good job with this because Willie, who is performing this macho uh, act and who is bragging about murdering this man, is doing this so constantly and it's in the space where Marcus is in. You can't escape it. 
So not only do you have the shit in your head that you're worried about, you also have this verbal, physical person who is constantly reminding you of the thing that you did that you can't even speak up about. And if you were ever to, it would you would be even in a worse way because now you're threatening his uh, reputation and you're exposing him to quiet your demons. But now you have to deal with him because he don't want this fallout from people not knowing he's his talk. It's just like this Seinfeld effect where everything affects the other and there is no way to get out of it. I love that. Uh, and I like that Willie is kind of sort of there for him, but not, but only you can tell they're friends, but we're on two different sides of this war. And Marcus kind of explodes at Willie in front of his crew. And, you know, he followed him outside. And he's like, look, if you can't handle this, you know, let me know what's up. Like, But essentially saying, nigga, you need to pull it together. And I really like that. Then we get the, the backstory of Willie killing his dad. And <laughs> Willie ends his little conversation with, now you yelling me in front of my crew again. And, you know, I'm going to whoop your ass pretty much. Uh, and I like that. I really like Willie and Marcus's relationship. And I want to see what this show does with them going forward. And, uh. I don't know, I just, I really, I really like it. Kudos. Cool motherfucking nose. Uh, throughout all of this, there's this B-plot of Maria and Chico uh, having dinner. Maria wanting to be at the party, but Ken and, you know, but Chico says something to her, which is pretty much, well, she says, well, you think everyone's not trying to kill me or whatever. And he's like, they aren't on our side. They being the other students. And there's a tinge of like prejudice, borderline racism in there, but Though Chico is the bad guy, I completely get what he's saying. This isn't some regular high school. This is a school for assassins. Maria, to quit fucking around. Like, get on board or not. And Maria's kind of swept up into this thing where this ain't the life she chose for herself. I mean, she's good at what she does. But all in all, she's a teenage girl who wants to have a good time. Oh, man. But, alas, that is not the case. Um, so... Billy, the mohawk-haired intro to the school character that we got, has a thing for Petra, and oh, that goes south so quickly. He, when he finally gets the the nerve to talk to her at this party, this fool tells this girl, "I love you," and she like bails on him and and sleeps with Victor. And it's ultimately after all of that, some kind of way. Lex comes out with a like humongous dildo like this shit had to be like three feet long I mean, maybe two feet a long as and it was like it looked like a novelty item and Saya had to cut it in half and then the police showed up and everybody scattered it was such a good scene a good collection of scenes um Saya sticking close to Marcus because he's her neo neo fighter whatever for lack of a better term and that's what she says, but I feel like she has a thing for him. Um, we find out, or Lynn, Master Lynn finds out, of course, that Marcus is the one who killed uh, the homeless guy and not Willie. Now, I'm wondering what kind of consequences are Willie going to face from this lie. Now, Master Lynn suspected it before, but it was confirmed by Saya. And, you know, Saya, I'm, I'm there for her, but I'm like, man, you going back having these secret meetings with Master Lynn? What is this about? Like I said before on Twitter, I think on the first episode, I don't know if we can trust Master Lin. I know that we can't. But with the show doing its own thing, can we really trust them? Because how do you have this school for generations pumping out assassins and crime lords and shit and you're still in power? Like you have to have some dirt on somebody because the way that this show is set up, 
I would think someone would try to come in and take over that school. Like, because it seems like the division is within racial boundaries and not necessarily I'm wealthy and you're poor. The Yakuza and the Sotos Vatos and the New World, the NWO motherfuckers and all. So, and then with Master Lin, it can't be ignored that he is Asian and Saya is as well. Is there a connection? Are they in the same, um, the same set, for lack of a better term? And... I forgive me. I'm not sure their um, uh, their background. Like I don't know if I think Masculine is Chinese. It, I, I'm saying all this because this I feel as if Masculine, for him being the headmaster of this school and staying in power for so long and having these secret meetings with Saya and kind of keeping an eye on whoever you you're playing a long game. I don't know what it is. But we can't ignore the racial elements of this show. Just as if Mr. Master Lin was black, we couldn't ignore that maybe him having some connection with Willie. Or if he was white, maybe him having a connection with Brandy and her clique. Or, you know, if he, it's, it, it can't be ignored, the race of the headmaster who runs the school for the assassins, especially when, they are, when there are kids in this school who share his same background. If that makes sense. I'm hoping that makes sense. But that's how I feel. So Master Lin takes Marcus to this funeral. And the funeral is for the homeless guy who he killed. And his daughter's up there. You know, my dad, he wasn't a great guy. But, you know, or he didn't always do right. But he tried and this and that and blah, whatever. And Marcus is just sitting there listening. And he goes up to speak. And he's still having these kind of PTSD flashbacks of the dead guy. He's like... This motherfucker was a dick. He was a horrible-ass uh, fool, and he fucked up everybody he met, and fuck him, and I'm glad he's dead. You know, it's just like, damn. So the daughter walks up to him and spits in his face. Boy, would have took everything in me not to wrench around and wop, 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 molly wop that girl with that one. <laughs> but, I mean, I get it. I get it. Um, it was a very heavy scene. And later on, Master Lin and, and uh, Marcus are talking, and he's like, you know, he mentioned before, he being Marcus, mentioned how Lex wants to do some good with his learnings, his teachings. And, you know, there has to be a better way. And it's just, I feel for Marcus because he's in this space where this is the lesser of two evils. You're in, you get meals every day. You get uh, clothing. You get uh, shelter. But at the expense of you having to now be a trained killer. But on the flip side, once you get out of this school, you are going to have tools that will help you succeed where you wouldn't have gotten these before. But even with that, you're kind of between the rock and a hard place. Like you have to be in this space or else they're going to kill you because now you're a liability. But for that to even be the case, these kids are like out of this fucking school a lot of the time. <laughs> like you're at this house party. And that's something that I was a bit confused on is are these kids like, okay, we're at the school, we're leaving for assignments, but it f seems as if we're just leaving to leave. Marcus, uh, Marcus and the crew went to the house party. Um, Shabam, I didn't know, like, does he live at home? It feels like a boarding school, like they live there, but your parents are away for the weekend. You throw a party, but do you live there? Or do you go there on the weekends, holidays? Like, what is this? Also, Chico and Maria were on a date. So it's not just like everybody snuck out to go to a party. It seemed as if even if everyone didn't go to this party, Chico and Maria would have just went on this date anyways. So odd. Um, 
but yeah, so getting back to Marcus and Master Lin, there's something big being planned here, and I don't know what it is. I know, I, I know something from the books that's coming, or that I'm sure is going to come. Even if they deviate the story a bit, I know this particular incident is going to come, and it may, if they want it to be as impactful, it'll be the season finale. It, you know, or maybe it'll be season two's finale, but it'll be a finale whenever this thing does happen. And for those of you who have read the book, you know what I'm talking about. That one assembly that led to some other shit. Um, but Master Lin finds out through Saya that Marcus did not burn down that boy's home, that it was someone else. It was his roommate. And that's the thing that's a bit more kind of... Um, heavy for master lynn and it had me thinking like what is it that you see in marcus because we know that the henry rollins poison lab professor sees marcus as being great the reason that this school was created but what does master lynn see in marcus that's the thing and and how does this new information change that or what does it do to his perception of marcus and by extension, the rest of the school. Because if Marcus is this new guy, this rat who's not affiliated, and you have these high hopes for him and trying to cultivate this murderous whatever, there are kids already here at the school. Is it just their legacy members of this institution? Uh, maybe you can mold and shape Marcus in a way that you can't for them. Like, there's a lot of things going on that I'm curious to see what the show is going to do and what master lynn is um is is doing uh so all in all good good episode my biggest critique where are the black women where are they uh but i don't know it's, it's still a pretty good show <coughs> favorite character of this episode i feel by default it'll be marcus but i'm gonna go with willie and not only because he was the one with the backstory, but I like seeing him. I like seeing more of Willie. Uh, we got a lot of Maria. We got a lot of Chico. We got a lot of, you know, Lex and everyone else. But I feel like this show, I'm hoping there are black people in the writer's room. It doesn't feel right now that they have a handle on Willie like they do on everyone else. We spend a lot of time with Marcus and his crew. Petra, Lex, Billy, Marcus, and I feel like I'm missing someone. But we... You know, we get the, and then we even get a lot of Saya. We get some Maria and Chico, but when it comes down to Willie, I don't feel like we're getting enough of him. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna be patient because I like what we're doing so far. Sans there not being any black women, um, but Willie will be my favorite for this episode. Um, my favorite scene. There was so much going. There was so much going on. There were so many good like gems. I think all in all, I did enjoy the assignment like the survival assignment where master lynn was frustrated with the class about not killing anyone or killing people that they needed to or having evidence and sending everyone out to pick a lock and fight some ninjas and be poisoned and find the end of the i like that that survival scene so kudos uh what else i really don't have a rating for this one uh with this being 80s and, and high school and stuff um I don't know. I'll think of something, I guess, that's on brand for the 80s. But uh, I don't know, a good episode. So, again, thank you guys for listening to this episode of A Deadly Class Act. Make sure that you are using the hashtag ADCAPod. Make this a conversation. Also, meet me at Sci-Fi on Wednesdays to live tweet. 
Hashtag ADCA pod. I'll see you there. Uh, social medias, Twitter, Carefree Blurred is my handle. All other social medias, Carefree Black Nerd. Check out my IGTV, One Minute Comic Reviews. Um, I've been kind of on a bit of a hiatus. You know, life has been hitting me hard. <laughs> uh, but the last series of shows I did for the IGTV was the Deadly Class Volume 1 review. So you can listen to that and, or watch that and see how the season 1 and 2 episodes are kind of different from the uh, Deadly Class novel or series, whatever. <laughs> uh, also, check out my Facebook page, Carefree Black Nerd, the Facebook page. I'm playing around, you know, I'm just a kid from Flint playing around over there. I'm not sure what I'm doing, <laughs> but like the page and kind of interact with me. If you feel, you know, the need, uh, tweet me. Uh, make sure you email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. And all I'll make sure you watch the other episodes on the Carefree Black Nerd feed, Black Lightning Matters on Mondays or Wednesdays. God damn, y'all, I'm all over the place. I think I was poisoned by Master Lynn. <laughs> Welcome to Riverdale, the Carefree Black Nerd Riverdale Review on Mondays. Uh, a Deadly Class Act, the Carefree Black Nerd Deadly Class Review on Tuesdays. And Black Lightning Matters, the Carefree Black Nerd with co-host Cole Jackson of Government Name on Wednesdays. Um, and until next time, guys, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and stay aware of your surroundings because at King's Dominion, anything could happen. <laughs> All right, y'all. At King's Dominion, we have different cliques. For example, we have the Cartel Kids, which is Maria's group. We have the Yakuza. Yakuza is a Japanese mafia. They are fiercely intelligent and terrifying. We have the Final World Order, which is like an African-American gang from the streets of Watts. We have the KGB officers' children. I'm pillar of community. And underneath all those people, we have the rats. We're losers, dude. A rat is someone who's new to the school, who has no one in their family that's come to the school before them. It's another look at sort of the class warfare that exists in all high schools, so through a bit of a more severe lens. These animals see kindness as weakness. Safer to be a dick. Who is my boy?